Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast, and I'm continuing on with this series I'm doing on the words of Jesus. I'll probably be doing this for a long time, so uh, so stick with me uh, and we'll uh, learn some things together. Now, today I'm going to start reading from John chapter 3, and this is interesting, uh, this section, particularly the first part where he's talking to Nicodemus. We'll just start from John chapter 3, verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Okay, now we know what Jesus said about the Pharisees all, all over the place. He called them hypocrites and whatever. And uh, But there were men amongst the Pharisees who were good men, who recognized that Jesus was not um, someone they should reject. And Nicodemus was one of them. It says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Okay, so this man was a ruler. He wasn't just your average Pharisee. He wasn't your, your run-of-the-mill um, Pharisee. He was a ruler. He was a ruler in the synagogue. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, now, why did he come by night? He didn't want to be seen with him during the day because he had friends. <laughs> he had friends in the Pharisees and he didn't want to upset them. So he came to Jesus by night surreptitiously and said to him, Rabbi. Now, that's interesting because Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews and a Pharisee who were the teachers amongst the uh, the Jews, called Jesus rabbi, which means teacher. He recognized Jesus was a teacher. And so he said, rabbi, we, now when he's saying we, he's talking about the Pharisees. We know that you are a teacher come from God. Now, the Pharisees knew that Jesus was a teacher come from God, but they didn't want to acknowledge him as that. They didn't want to say that he was a teacher come from God because then that would mean they would have to turn around from their position and lose face. And a lot of people are like that. A lot of people don't want to lose face. And it's all about pride. It's all about pride of position and power. And this is what the Pharisees were involved in. It was all about power and position and so on and so forth. So, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. So they recognize where he's from. They, You know, he was saying, what you're doing and what you're saying is not of the devil. It's from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So he's seen the signs and he's recognized, this Nicodemus has recognized you could not do these things unless God was with you. Now, Jesus gives him an interesting answer in verse 3. He says, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, now that born anew is also uh, translated or could be translated as being born from above, that's born of God, unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now that's interesting because it's saying unless you are born again, you cannot see, can't even see it. You're blind to the kingdom of God unless or until you are born again from above, born of God. You can't see it, can't perceive it, can't understand its existence. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless or until you are born again. Now, verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, that's kind of a, you know, Nicodemus, he was probably taken aback by that uh, that statement of Jesus. What? what? <laughs> how can he be born again? You know, I mean, you've got to go through the whole womb experience. No, nah, how, how can that happen? He didn't get it. And then Jesus answered. He said, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, and now he's telling you how you are going to be born again. How to be born again. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So this is how we are born again. We are born again of water and born again of the Spirit. Now, what does this mean? To be born again of water is to be baptized. One of the key things that the Lord told his people was get baptized. You know, when he first spoke to the people, he said, repent and be baptized. When Peter stood up after Pentecost and, and, the, and the people said, well, what are we going to do? He said to them, repent and be baptized. When Paul spoke to the um, disciples he found at the, at the uh, in the upper country in Ephesus, in the hill country of Ephesus, and you can read this in Acts chapter 19, uh, verses 1 to 6, he said to them, be baptized. He asked them, what were you baptized into? And they said, John's baptism. And he said, well, John said to be baptized into Christ. That's the first part of it. When he's talking about being born again of water, what he's talking about is being baptized. And baptism is critical. And as I've just spoken about, all over the Bible it talks about the need to be baptized. And, and when we get into it even more deeply, and when I get into some of the teachings of baptism later on, you'll understand why it is, because it's through baptism that we are reborn. It's through baptism that we enter into the death of Jesus Christ, how we take on his death. And because we take on his death, that is how we are set free from sin. And that is how we are set free from the law. And that is how we enter into God's kingdom. So that's the first part. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, this is verse 5, unless one is born of water and the Spirit. Now, being born of water is to be baptized. The second part is to be born of Spirit. I'll just read on. It says that if they're not born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter. You can't go in. You can't go into God's kingdom unless you've been born of water and of the Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're not baptized and you don't receive the Holy Spirit, you can't be saved. I want to get that point out there because a lot of people who will say things like, well, unless you're baptized, unless you've received the Holy Spirit, unless you can speak in tongues, unless you can do all these other things, you can't be saved. Well, that's a lie because we know that the thief who was put to death with Christ at the time of his death, he said to him, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, I say to you, this day you'll be with me in paradise. That man went into salvation. Why? Because he believed in Jesus. It's through faith that we receive salvation. All of these other things are important, and they are important for the work of transformation, but not for salvation. Salvation rests upon your faith in Jesus Christ. But if you're going to be transformed, and we all have to be transformed at some point, we have to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ because if we're going to live with the Father, we can't live in a state of sin. And so we have to be removed from sin, have sin removed, and all of those sorts of things if we are going to live with Jesus and if we are going to live with the Father. So that's important. But the second part is about being born of the Spirit. Um, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, to be born of the Spirit is to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there are churches out there who say all kinds of things about how you receive the Holy Spirit. Some say you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believe. Some say you receive the Holy Spirit when you are baptized. Some say all kinds of things. But 
you don't automatically receive the Holy Spirit. And again, if you read Acts 19 verses 1 to 6, um, in fact, what I might do, I might turn over to Acts 19 verses 1 to 6 just to make this quite clear. Uh, now, this is at the time when Paul met those disciples um, at, um, at Ephesus when he first came up there. And I'll read verse, uh, from Acts 19, verse 1. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, this is part of what some people believe today. Oh, when you believe, you receive the Holy Spirit. But he's saying, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, and they said, No, we have never even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. You've got to remember that the uh, the new covenant and the gospel was very new still in those days. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. So these were disciples of John, basically. They had heard the teachings of John the Baptist, and so they were following what he had to say. And, of course, Paul said, well, John said to believe in the one who was to come after him, who was Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, now this is the important thing, they, when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 of them in all. So here we see this situation. How did these people receive the Holy Spirit? It wasn't when they believed. It wasn't when they were baptised. They received the Holy Spirit when Paul laid his hands upon them. That is the most common way that people receive the Holy Spirit today. And to receive the Holy Spirit is then to, um, um, to be born again of the Spirit, going back into John chapter 3. Now he says, as we continue on in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, remember, he's talking to Nicodemus about being reborn, and Nicodemus was scratching his head saying, well, can you go back into the womb? And he said, well, no. Jesus is now saying, no, that's a fleshly birth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit, through receiving the Holy Spirit and the work of transformation that's going to take place in the spirit, and that all happens through faith, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Verse 7, he says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born in you. He's saying, it's not, you know, it's not that big of a deal. He says, Don't be, you know, wondering what on earth's going on. How can you go back into the womb and all that sort of stuff? He says, Don't marvel at this. This is a simple thing. It was deliberately made to be a simple thing so that it would be accessible to everyone. So he said there, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born in you. Now, this is very interesting, this next bit, because he says, the wind blows where it wills and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know whence it comes or whither it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. Now, here is a very interesting teaching. It's about the only time I think that the Lord actually speaks about speaking in tongues. Because what he's saying here is, if you're sitting inside, and you hear the wind blowing outside. You know that it's windy because you can hear it. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I lay in bed and I can hear the wind whistling through the eaves and things like that, and I go, hmm, pretty windy outside. But how do I know it's there? Because I hear the sound of the wind. 
That's how I know it's there. That's how I know that this wind is blowing. But what Jesus said is he said, the wind blows where it wills and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know whence it comes. Now, where does the wind come from? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's blowing from the north or the south or the east or the west or anywhere else. You do not know whence it comes or where it goes. And then he makes this thing, so it is in the same way. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Okay, so what's he saying there? He says, well, being born of the Spirit is like the wind. And what's interesting, in the Greek, the word pneuma is both wind and spirit. It's the same word. Pneuma means wind and spirit. So he's saying, well, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. How do you know if you've been born of the Spirit? Well, in the same way that you know that the wind is blowing, you hear it. You hear the voice of the Spirit. What is the voice of the Spirit? The voice of the Spirit is speaking in tongues. That is the voice of the Spirit. So how do you know you've been born of the Spirit? Well, you receive the gift of speaking in tongues. And it's offered to everyone. I know there are some who say, well, not everyone gets to speak in tongues. Well, what they don't understand is when they're talking about that from 1 Corinthians 12, um, it's talking about using a gift of tongues in the church. When it says, it says not all speak in tongues, well, it's talking about using the gift of tongues in the church. But the gift of tongues is given to each individual for their own purpose so that they can speak to God, the Spirit can speak to God on your behalf. It's important to understand that. Everyone has the right, the opportunity to receive the gift of tongues when they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's important. It is very important that you receive the gift of tongues because it has a purpose. I mean, many preachers teach that, well, you don't need tongues today because tongues was only used to... Uh, spread the gospel back in the early days, in the early days of the church. You know, they had tongues so they could go out. And they used the scripture in Acts chapter 2 where the uh, disciples all stood up and they were all speaking in tongues and people from different countries could understand what they were saying. But that's not true because they moved, all of the people, all of the early church moved amongst the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire had two standard languages. They had Latin. It was one of the languages of the Roman Empire. The other one was Greek. Latin basically was the language of the scholars and so on, whereas Greek was the common language right throughout the whole Roman Empire. So if they went to all of the places they went to, which they did, they spoke Greek. The New Testament, you know, you look at all of the letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthians, to the Romans, um, to the Thessalonians, the Philippians, the Colossians, Ephesians, and so on, and even the personal letters he wrote to Timothy, Titus, uh, Philemon, all of those letters were originally written in Greek. It was the standard language of the Roman Empire. They didn't need tongues for the purpose of spreading the gospel because they just everyone spoke Greek. So that's that's what, uh, what was happening there. But when he's talking about this here is how do you know that someone's been born of the Spirit? Well, you'll hear the sound of the Spirit speaking in tongues. That's what he's saying there. The wind blows where it wills and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know whence it comes or whither it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. 
So this is how we know to be born of water is to be baptised, and you need to understand what baptism is all about. And there's a lot to, to learn on that because there's a lot of false teachings about baptism too. And you need to receive the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues as the evidence of it. And those two things together, born of water, born of the Spirit, is how we enter the kingdom of God. And as I said before, you can be saved, you can have salvation without having these things happen. I mean, there was salvation under the law. Those who kept the law, they will be saved. But these things, are it's not about salvation. These things are necessary for transformation. You can't be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ unless or until you've been baptised, received the Holy Spirit with the sign of tongues, and you understand what they are all about and what they are for. And we'll get into that as time goes on. So that's it for today. I'm going to end that there, and um, I hope that you join me again next week as I continue on looking at the words of Jesus, because there's an awful lot, um, an awful lot of things that need to be said about this. Until then, though, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and wishing you a great week ahead. Mm-hmm.